Welcome to another edition of Transformations Through Running. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for tuning in. We got another guest coming on to talk about lower back pain. I love this topic because I deal with lower back pain myself. Ben Hubers is coming on. He has extensive knowledge and research and experience in specifically lower back pain, but he's also going to talk about how, how you can help improve your health overall. He's got a, a very different modality, if you will, on something that's relatively new, if you will, especially if you compare it to something like maybe yoga, but um, which has been around for <laughs> thousands of years. But uh, very interesting, and I feel like there's so many takeaways. Ben has been traveling around. He's been a, a runner himself. He's qualified for some Olympic trials. He started out for a very short stint in Canada. He moved down to the U.S. He ran for the University of Indiana, and now he's teaching full-time in California, in Southern California. I think he started out in L.A. Now he's in Orange County. At any rate, he's got a very cool story for himself, that how he dealt with lower back pain and how he struggled with injuries himself, and then how he was able to help and how he was able to improve and reduce pain in his cell, in himself, and then now how he teaches others as well. So as runners, especially all that compression on the spine, as athletes, we know what it's like to deal with lower back pain. And Ben is here to help us out and teach us. He actually gives us some exercises that we can actually do. I even tried myself, but these are things that you can do at home, and then you can always reach out to him. He lists all his contact information if you need to get a hold of him, or you can ask, or if you need to ask any questions. This is Drew, and you're listening to the Transformations Through Running Podcast. All right, welcome to another edition of Transformations Through Running. Super excited to have Ben here with us today. Welcome to the show, Ben. Hi, thanks for having me, Drew. It's our pleasure. So we got lots to talk about today. We actually have lots in common as well. Ben, tell us about your background, who you are, what you do, maybe how you got into it before we get into the meat and potatoes, if you will. Uh, well, how I got into it was a fun story because I was just I was a soccer player through middle school and I decided I was going to play in high school and um, I I realized very last minute that it was a spring sport so I had to stay in shape through the fall and I joined the cross country team because uh, my the coach for the team was our neighborhood friend and so I walked onto the cross country team and. Uh, after about three races, I was the third or fourth best guy in the team, and everyone said, oh, you need to do track and field, too, and I kind of never looked back, and it took me on a, a very long, crazy ride. I was running competitively for about 13 years, but I went to Indiana University, where I learned a lot. Um, I made the NCAA team um, several different times, and then... I decided to train post-collegiately after college, and um, I was pretty fortunate. I was able to post a couple of big PRs, and then I got chronically hurt after you know that many years of turning left around a track. Your body starts to do some funny things, right? So uh, I was just looking for a way to be out of pain. Um, you know, training every day, going for a ten-mile run, every step hurts, isn't very much fun. So after you know, searching kind of far and wide, I found a chiropractor who wanted to help me out a little bit. And he said, Oh, you know, I'll, I'll help you out, but you have to come to these Eldoa classes. And, uh, you know, I 
didn't really think much of it at the time, but um, I started doing these classes and little nagging injuries started evaporating and uh, it really helped me get my running career back on track and I was able to make a couple uh, Olympic trials, which was um, a pretty surreal experience. So that's in a very small nutshell, I guess, kind of how I got into it and why I'm here talking to you now. That's awesome. So you grew up in Canada. So funny story, I was born in Cambridge, Ontario, uh, but I grew up in Marietta, Georgia, just north of Atlanta. Uh, my dad got a job transfer when I was really young, and so I actually grew up in the States, but I'm still a Canadian citizen. Okay, that's pretty cool. Um, and then, so how did you end up in the LA area from, well, I'm not sure where you were directly before that, but I always think that these stories are interesting and how everyone lands in LA in most cases, not from there. <laughs> <laughs> most of us are transients. It's true. Yeah. Um, so I was, let's see, I was in Bloomington, Indiana for college. I spent five years going through my undergrad and more importantly, running in circles and then I spent another four years training. I graduated in 2012 uh, and made the, the Olympic trials that year. And then I went through an entire Olympic cycle. So I left at the tail end of 2016. And so nine years in Indiana, and then I moved to LA. Uh, my story is a tale as old as time. I chased a pretty girl out here. <laughs> you, did uh, you know there was lots of pretty girls out there before you got there? <laughs> You know, it, it opened my eyes when I got here. I was like, oh, they're just all this way here. Okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I moved out here. I didn't have any plans. Kind of running in circles as fast as I could was the game plan for a really long time. But like I said, I'd been introduced to that modality, Eldoa, in Indiana by a really amazing chiropractor there. And I landed in Santa Monica, and I was emailing this chiropractor in Indiana saying, you know, when can I come back to Indiana to do some more of the course certifications with you? And he sent me a message back and he's like, buddy, you're in the Mecca of this. Like, this is where all the, all the courses are taught. And I, uh, he connected me with a guy out here and I started taking classes out here. And in the past, it's 2020 now. So I guess four years I've taken probably 25 or so courses uh, basically every other month for as long as I can remember, uh, just taking classes on personal training, uh, classes about Eldoa, <clears throat> and yeah, I just I've never looked back. It's been so much fun living out here. So tell me about Eldoa. Give us some more details about specifically what it is. I know I keep uh, throwing out this word that most people don't even know what it is. Um, so Eldoa can be difficult to describe. Uh, it's uh, it's an acronym. First of all, it's not a Spanish word. It's E L D as in dog O A, um, and that's a French acronym. It was invented by a French osteopath. Uh, it's been around for about thirty years now, but it's just starting to come into the fore as far as um, you know visibility, availability, and the quality of trainers that are around to you know practice it. Um, ideally, like if. As a modality, it's just to create space in joints, which sounds kind of, you know, simplistic. Uh, but if you take a look at things like herniated discs, bulging discs in the back, um, I don't know anybody over the age of 30 that hasn't had some kind of pain with their back. Um, you know, if you talk about alleviating, 
tension and compression on discs along the spine. Uh, there's a, an elbow posture for every single joint space along the spine. So I used it because I had incredible amounts of compression and torsion in my low back from running in circles for so long. Um, I worked with, at this point, a lot of baseball players, a lot of hockey players uh, to get their mechanics right so that they can perform uh, sports at very high levels. But also, you know, anybody really that suffers from low back pain, there's, there's stretches that you can do to alleviate that. So that's, I guess, in a nutshell, is uh, it decompresses the spine. It's, it looks like yoga, it smells like yoga, but it's uh, a little more orthopedic in nature. Do you think it's, I, I deal with back pain, lower back pain myself. Um, I don't know at what level, I think maybe, probably as you know, athletes have this profound ability to ignore pain, <laughs> which isn't always a good thing. Oh, yeah. Or push it to the side. So I don't know. And it's really hard for me to gauge because a lot of times people are like, oh, my, my toe hurts or my ankle hurts. And I'm like, yeah, well, I, I deal with back pain on a regular basis, but I don't let it <laughs> limit my running or, or working out, for example. Do you think that most, would you say most or many athletes deal with lower back pain? You know, I coming from the, the world that I do now, which is much more biomechanics related, I would say I'd be shocked to find an athlete that didn't have some kind of symptoms, maybe not even necessarily low back pain, but if you don't have low back pain, there's a good chance that your your middle back, your rib cage is completely locked up or, you know, there's, I think finding an athlete that doesn't have some kind of low back pain would be a challenge. I think it'd be a big challenge. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because I you don't you don't really think about it, and then as athletes, as far as I know, we don't sit around and talk about our injuries. I got <laughs> I never did. You might get a kick out of this when when I played uh, toward the end of my career. Early on, I dealt with a number of different issues, um, but then leg issues. But then as I got older, I learned stretching. I learned nutrition. I learned how to warm up properly, and. Um, that's something that I dealt with, but mentally was important to me as well. So you, you would have athletes that would hang around the, they wanted some extra tape or maybe they, (laughs) this sounds crazy, but they wanted a couple extra pain pills to get through the next game or the next week. But I would never go to the train, to the training station. I never walk, I wouldn't walk by it. I'd walk all the way around. I would never go near it because I didn't want anything (laughs) mentally creeping into my mind that, oh, you could be injured or you need a little bit of extra treatment. And um, I'm not saying that was the reason in particular, but through the, the last few years of my career, I was never never injured besides one time when I broke my finger and sprained my hand, but no chronic in- injuries that just kind of showed up like a tear or a sprain or anything like that. Well, that's, that's pretty, pretty good. good. I, I know lots of athletes, athletes myself included, that wouldn't, you know, dare step foot near the... Uh, the athletic training tent, like you said, and, uh, you know, I, I think that you were really fortunate not to have any injuries, but I know if you're competing at a very high level, a lot of the people that are avoiding the athletic training tent probably need to be in there, uh, or at least doing things on their own to, you know, avoid having to go in there. Cause, uh, I mean, I suffered through a lot of chronic injuries and, you, you know, it's something that you don't want to talk about or if you're in a very competitive field, you feel like, well, if I admit to this, then it's really a problem and I don't want to be the athlete with the problem. And so, yeah, it's, it becomes very easy to ignore stuff like that. 
Yeah, for sure. And a hundred percent, like you should get, you, you probably should get treatment for, for us. It was, um, it was a bit challenging. I suppose everyone would, had a different route for us. If many times, if you got injured and you took a couple of days off, that couple of days could be the rest of the season <laughs> or it could be your, your position. Like, thanks for coming. We're not paying you to go through rehab for two months. We're going to put someone, a healthy athlete in your position and good luck finding another place. But, um, <laughs> that's, uh, not, well, and that's, that's, that's a, a very real thing for team sports. I mean, you know, I was doing, um, you know, track and field, which doesn't have that same necessarily kind of, I don't want to say, uh, political, like it's all just like a political game, but that's, that's a very real concern for someone who's out there, you know, busting their butt trying to be the best. And if you take one day off, then it's easy for the coach to be like, okay, well, we'll just toss someone else in there if you're not going to compete. So yeah, that's a very big challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And that's something I think a lot of people don't realize when it comes to those, those type of sports or the higher level that you get up, there's a, there's a lot more pressure on you to perform on a regular basis. And then, yeah, there's so many different factors, but if you're not able to perform at your best, there's a very good chance that someone like for us, we had people waiting. Like it was crazy. It was a super stressful situation. Like there were people waiting on the bench for my position. Three other people were sitting there waiting for their chance, waiting for their opportunity. So you go down with an injury or you go down with, um, it could be just an illness and you take a couple days off. So they plug someone else in there that performs well and you you don't get to go back in there. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, Semi-professional sports is definitely a cutthroat world. Yeah, for sure. So tell me, let's get back to Eldoa here. You said it's similar to yoga. Tell me, give us our, our listeners that may, and then you mentioned osteopathy. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, oh, got it. We did have a guest that talked about that in the past, but I think that I guess give our audience a chance to picture what it is that you're doing or what it is that it looks like. Okay. Um, so I just, you know, I might get ostracized by even mentioning yoga in the same sentence. Because okay. uh, we, we want to be very clear that it's not yoga. But if someone looks in the room and they see an elbow class going on, the first question is typically, oh, what kind of yoga is that? So <laughs> okay. it's... It's a series of different postures, which is, you know, where the yoga similarity, at least visually, kind of comes in. But it's um, it's a lot of specific postures to create uh, tension around different vertebrae on the spine so that you can create as much tension as possible. So it's this series of postures. In a class, we do a warm-up uh, to get all the joints in the spine moving, to get them mobile. Maybe we focus more on the shoulders if it's an upper back day or the hips if it's a low back day. Um, and then it's this series of postures that's, you know, each posture is 60 seconds each, and it's kind of a max effort. So um, the the mechanic of it is uh, it taking a lot of very small muscles through an extreme range of contraction. So it's a lot of sit up tall, but kind of to the extreme. So if you picture like a football player, right, he's jumping up to try to catch the game winning pass, his arms stretched out and all the muscles in the arm are working really hard. But he's not pulling it in, right? He's trying to gain that length to um, to reach out and grab that ball in midair. And so that extreme range of muscle contraction where the muscle is all the way extended out but it's still contracting is the, the kind of response we're trying to elicit all the way up and down the spine on the, all those tiny little paper-thin muscles around your, your, uh, 
vertebra and your spinal column um, so that we can gain that length, grow up tall, tall, tall. And then you use your arms. You can put them up over your head or out in front of you uh, at these different angles that we can work with in order to place all that tension on our spine directly where we want it. So um, kind of the beauty of it is, you know, do you have a problem like a bulging disc on T67? That's perfect because we've got an LDO for T67 or L4, L5. Um, and anyone listening who knows a little bit about the spine knows that these are very specific joints and levels within the spine. So being able to target them with that kind of specificity is really great. Um, but uh, to answer your question, it's a, the class is a series of 60-second poses, um, and we kind of like flow between them a little bit. So that's, that's I guess, how it kind of looks and smells like yoga. So what is your role? Are you teaching the class or leading the class? Yeah, so it's my job to be able to lead the class. I, you know, take them through a warm-up, and then I will stand in front of class. I'll be narrating what I'm doing, you know, sit down, press your arches into the ground, um, try to internally rotate your hips, sit up tall, and then bring your hands up in front of you, hands overhead. And I'm, as I'm coaching, I'm demonstrating in the front of class, and then I'll get up through that 60 seconds and I'll jump around to as many different people as I can to just get the fine tuning of their postures correct. Cause you know, it's a very specific modality, obviously working with that kind of specificity on the spine, um, takes a little bit of practice. And so I like to go around in my class and, you know, adjust people to make sure that everyone's in the best position possible. So tell me about the, when you say you're running around the track, they don't ever have you like, it just seems to make sense, at least to me, to run like a, three days a week, one way around the track, three days a week, the other way. Is it always, it's always one way? Is that how it works? Uh, you know, it wasn't until the very end of my running career, unfortunately, that I kind of put those pieces together and, you know, working with that chiropractor. And then, honestly, one of the more challenging pieces was um, convincing my coach and teammates that we should probably be running the other way guys. Um, you know, and it's, it's more challenging too, because, you know, one thing I love about Indiana university and the facilities there was that they have a beautiful indoor track with a bank on it, which means all winter you're running around with one hip hiked up higher than the other. And if you've been doing that for 10 years, it's really, really challenging to just run the other way on it. Um, and it feels very unnatural and, it's, it can be a challenge to convince people that that is the right way to go. But if I had my own track team right now, absolutely. I would have them run every other day, we alternate directions. And it's not just, you know, the distance runners or this group or that group. It's every single day the track has a direction and everybody using it respects that direction. Yeah, that would that just seems to be common sense to me. I'm a bit surprised. Well, you never know if they've been doing it for the same way for years and most people don't want to change. <laughs> you said you go to a lot of classes and you're taking a lot of, you're doing a lot of research and you're putting a lot into this. What are you studying or what are you being trained in through so much of this schooling for lack of a better word? Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually really glad that you asked that because it's all stuff that was invented or I guess most of the part, for the most part organized, not invented by the same osteopath who invented Eldoa. So his name is Dr. Guy Voyer. Um, he originally is from Paris, but he invented Eldoa as a way to kind of cure back pain in 
I think the 70s or 80s. Um, it was kind of a pandemic in Europe where they had a socialized healthcare system and they were having to, you know, pay for all this back pain stuff. So he um, invented Eldoa, but he was um, like a high, very high caliber athlete himself. He was a world champion in judo. And then he was a personal trainer and then he was a physical therapist. And now he has about 10 doctorate level degrees under his belt. Um, all in, you know, like he's an MD, he's got all these, um, amazing level qualifications and he's organized a three-year program for trainers that I'm very close to graduating from right now. Uh, but he's also organized a lot of manual therapy that are kind of the precursors to his osteopathy courses that he teaches in Montreal. So I am going now through a lot of that education. So, you know, it's easy to be like, oh, well, you know, I, I paid, you know, a couple hundred bucks and I took the test online. Now I'm a certified trainer. That's, I think, a pretty easy degree to get. Um, but his degree is a three-year degree and year one is broken down to, it's one thing to know how to flex your bicep. It's another to know, do I want to work the short head of my bicep or the long head? Or maybe I want to work down closer to the elbow where there's three different expansions and how do I want to focus on each of those? And so all of the muscles in the body are broken down into five or six or seven exercises. And you get this incredible wealth of knowledge about how the body works and how to elicit different responses. So that's what I've been studying is kind of the, the crazy in-depth um, personal training world and just anatomy and physiology. What is something that – is there anything that our listeners could do at home to maybe – practice or to improve in maybe a stepping stone to try a few things that um, once they realize maybe this is going to make a difference, they could come and see you just for example. Yeah. So um, I'll give you, I, it's not like the, the by the book um, Eldoa, but it's, it's got the majority of the, the components in there. Um, I do this one a lot. It's for the very low back where the, the base of the lumbar spine meets your pelvis. That stretch basically saved my life. And if you're uh, a lot of runners out there, I know it can get pretty tight and locked up. Um, you're going to wonder how this is even physically possible. But uh, what, I'll, what I'll have our listeners do is just lay down on the ground. I want you to make sure that your entire spine is flat against the floor. And I want you to scoop your butt up against the wall so that your sit bones are touching a wall. So your spine is flat, your sit bones are touching a wall, and you're going to push your heels straight up to the ceiling. Now, if you're like me, your legs aren't going to be straight, but the goal is for max tension, right? You want to create as much tension as you can so that when you pull away from your pelvis, your pelvis doesn't move. So that way we actually create space in the joint and we're not just, you know, pulling the pelvis with us. So then you're going to put your hands over your head and you're going to reach away from the wall. So you're basically creating an L where you're pressing your pelvis kind of towards the floor and into the wall, reaching your heels up and your whole spine is flat and you're reaching away from the wall, pulling with your hands, pulling with the back of your head um, and try to maintain your eyes looking down at your knees or lower. Um, so, and just again, and working through the, the model of specificity and how that's kind of the key to everything. Um, even, even looking down with the eyes can be as specific as putting tension through a layer of fascia on the inside of the skull, which connects to tendons that run down through your entire spine, um, right from 
uh, you know, the base of your skull down to your tailbone. So we're really, even just looking the eyes down, we're looking to create lots and lots of global tension as much as we can. All right, Ben, is there anything that we missed that you wanted to mention before we wrap things up here? Uh, let people know that I teach Aldoa classes in Orange County. Um, we are kind of on a hiatus from that, considering the current pandemic, but we're trying to get it up and running as soon as possible. Uh, if you search Link Medical Center, uh, we are in Orange County, right off 17th Street here, and uh, close to Mesa, I should say, off 17th Street. But uh, we do Eldo classes, 5.30 p.m., Tuesdays and Thursdays, and your first one is free. So if you think, oh, this might be something for me, or, oh, you know, I've, I've had some back problems I've kind of been ignoring, I'd love to get some tools to fix it, um, definitely come in. Uh, if you search our office online, you can find an email. If you have any more specific questions, you can email me or the front desk. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd love to see a, a bunch of people in class because I know that there's a lot of people out there that kind of, you know, suffer through low back pain, myself being one of them. But, um, you know, I, I think if you come in and get some tools in your tool belt, you can take care of that. And uh, I'd love to see some people. Yeah, so you can follow me at Ben Soma Performance. Uh, that's my Instagram account. I'm I'm trying to put up more content now, as as you say. Yeah, I'm always more than happy to answer questions. I know some of these can be a little vague, where it's like, yeah, I make videos, but you can't have them. Um, I really don't like doing that because I I'm a big fan of making information available to all. But uh, what I don't like is you know, working in a more specific clinical setting and it's, it becomes very, very difficult to make generalizations and say, oh yeah, no, this, this exercise is good for everybody because I work with a lot of people every day that can't handle a lot of stuff and I, I don't like to spread out too much of my information just on the off chance that somebody takes it and runs with it. I just don't want anybody getting hurt out there. All right, Ben, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate your time, expertise, um, and we want to wish you all the best with everything that you're doing and helping people improve their health in different ways. I really appreciate it, Drew. Thanks so much for having me on the show. All right. That's going to wrap things up for this edition of Transformations Through Running. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for sticking around till the end. That's certainly important. We know that through statistics, a lot of times people start a show <laughs> and don't necessarily finish the show. So for you to be here and listen to the complete interview, that really means a lot. I really want to thank Ben for coming on. Sounds like a great guy. He actually threw up something on Instagram. We're at Instagram.com slash Drew Tadia. He threw up a little video for us to help promote the show. That always helps. It's always cool to connect and work with other people not just through the show but we get a chance to work with people on social media we're going to do set up a live video with ben as well so that might be on our facebook.com slash true form life page or again I, I already let you know what our instagram page is but if you get a chance to see ben and check out all the information and you know quality information that he has obviously he's done extensive schooling to be the best to be as as good as you can be and continue to get better. I think that continued ed education really means a lot. And the experience as well. He's in there day in and day out, putting in the time and effort it takes to work with individuals. I feel like the more hours we put in, I'm a big fan of reading. <laughs> I, am. I love to read. I read as often as I can and every day. I read something every day from a book, not just from the internet or <laughs> from a computer screen. So I think that in increasing your knowledge in different ways is always important. Many of us athletes deal with 
back pain on a regular basis. To be honest with you, I don't think about it too much. I don't think it's debilitating, at least for me. I don't think about it all that often, and I don't let it hold me back. I Some days I wake up a little bit more sore. Uh, I put in a lot of time. I'm putting in a lot more time and effort, at least on a personal level, while everyone's kind of stuck at home and everyone's not really sure what to do. I feel like looking within will actually help your surroundings, your environment. So I've been putting a bit more time and effort into the workout routines we're putting together for our clients and customers for the stuff that we're doing. A lot of information is free. We're throwing up on our social media pages, on our website as well. So I am a bit sore is what I was getting at. I did a challenge. I threw up a challenge on our Instagram page and there's quite a few people that did it. So I was like, they did time. They listed their times. So I was like, well, I got to list my time. So I went through the workout. And it was pretty tough. <laughs> I got to tell you, so I'm a little bit sore. We threw up another one today, at least the time of this recording. But regardless of when you're listening to this, we have, we often post about nutrition, fitness, lifestyle. We're always trying to help you live a healthy lifestyle in one way or another. So you can check us out at trueformlife.com. That's our main website. That's where we put together all of our products and services and content whether that be some is paid some is free but we do this full time so if you'd like to help us out you can follow us along on our pages you can check out our recipes we always love it if someone tries a recipe and then posts it and tags us because it makes us feel like our work is changing we want to help people we want to improve their lives we want to improve their health so that definitely makes a difference as well but go ahead and check out ben you can follow him he left his instagram page you can follow him on instagram and then if you're in the area, you can definitely reach out and see if you can join him for a class and see what this is all about. I tried his little exercise already, and uh, I feel like maybe I could get I have a little bit of relief. But, uh, of course, it always takes time and effort to help improve our bodies in whichever way we're after. So, once again, thank you so much for being here, and I hope to catch you on the next show. <laughs>